בסייעתא דשמיא, מסכת יבמות, דף בית, על מסכת has been dedicated for the full recovery and רפואה שלמה of שמעון בן שמחה. אין נא לפנה לו בתוך שאר חולי עמו ישראל. אמן. Today's דף being studied, לעדו נשמת יצחק בן רג'ינה, רוח אדוני תניחנו בגן עדן. אמן. We begin today's דף on יבמות דף בית, and we start at the משנה. משנה needs a little introduction. We're starting a new subject over here, which is Yebamot. Uh, we are well familiar with what the Torah says, that if a uh, two brothers, right, so one of the brothers is married, let's say Reuven, Reuven dies without children, so Shimon has a mitzvah to make what's called Yibum. Yibum means, we'll say, to marry his brother's, or his late brother's sister. Now the Hadush of Yibum is that even though normally that's forbidden, normally one is not allowed to marry his brother's sister. However, in the case of Yibum, the Gemara will show us that it is permissible. And that the Gemara will learn from Pesukim. And generally speaking, again, one cannot marry his brother's sister. Now, the Hadush over here of our Mishnah is, is that so long as that's the only Isur that we're playing with over here and we're dealing with is... Uh, brother's wife. That's the only issue that we're dealing with, brother's wife, so then Yibum, or as we'll learn, Halitza, if he doesn't want to, um, you know, finish the mitzvah of Yibum, he can make a Halitza. That's when it'll apply. But let's say, the girl that's falling to Shimon has another Isud, besides being Eshet Ah. Let's say, like the Mishnah will say, it's his daughter, we'll give the case, or it's his mother-in-law, which means existing Arayot, outside of Eshet Ah. So the law is going to be that Yibum or Halitza is only uh, deemed necessary or mitzvah when there's no other Isur Arayot that are in play. The Mishnah will actually give us 15 different examples of how a girl can fall to uh, Shimon. We're going to call Shimon, he's going to be the classic Yabam guy. So therefore, we're going to say, you have 15 examples where Shimon is not going to be allowed to make Yibum because the girl that's falling to him has an existing Isur Irva, you know, from one of the 15 that are going to be mentioned in the, the end of Parashat Harimot. Now, there's another law that's going to follow. In the olden days, it was permissible and common that a person would have more than one wife. The second wife in Al Mishnah will always be referred to as the Tzara, so that would be a rival wife, let's say. And the rule is going to be that once the uh, one of the wives are considered, let's say, in Irva, and therefore cannot fall to Shimon, so the Tzara also becomes forbidden. Even though she's not, uh, you know, she has no Irva against Shimon, doesn't matter. Once one wife is Asura to Shimon, he cannot make Yubumu Halitza with the Tzara as well. That's called the the deen of Tzarotehim. Fine, and now in order to understand these cases, we're going to use the, the help of this book that we used a few cycles ago, if you have it in front of you. So every time we say a case, I'll tell you exactly uh, which number in the book it is, you know, 1.1, 2.1, etc. They're all numbered, the cases. And we'll try to just go through the chart and explain it just so we know exactly what the scenario is. So, let's begin with our Mishnah. Our Mishnah starts off, Hamish Esren Nashim, there's 15 type of ladies, Potrot Tsarotehim, they will exempt, not only themselves are exempt from Yibum and Halitza, but they will exempt Tsarotehim. Tsarotehim would mean their co-wives as well, Bitsarot Tsarotehim, and the Co-wives of the co-wives. And we'll see exactly what that case is. The Mishnah will explain it. Min halitza umin hayibum. Fine. And then she comes along and says right in the beginning, Kedetan isefa shimaita achat mehen nesu'a la'achiv velo isha acheret umet velo banim shetehem peturot. Not only is the first wife petura, but even the second wife who's a tzara, who's really not an erva, is going to be petura. And the uh, Mishnah begins with the first case. The first case is uh, until the end of generations. And again, we'll explain that case as we get to the end of the Mishnah. 
Ve'eluhen. Okay? And these are them. Bito. Now, there's two cases of Bito. His daughter. Which means a person can have a daughter through wedlock, which is obviously the normal way to have a daughter. But the Mishnah over here is actually not discussing that case. We're talking about over here, Bito me'anusato. Example, he forced himself on a, on a girl, and he had a daughter. Okay? Now, that daughter is considered an erva to Shimon. It's Shimon's daughter. Although it's his daughter from an anusa, it's a daughter nonetheless, and therefore it's going to be asurat to Shimon. So if you look at, again, 1.1, you'll see, we'll just read it straight down. Shreven and Shimon are brothers. Um, he over here gives you the case where the Uven, okay, we'll give it the case like it gave it. The Uven had a daughter, Me'anusato, uh, and that's called Hana. Shimon uh, married Hana. There's no problem for Shimon to marry Hana. It's marrying his niece. According to the Torah law, there's no problem for Shimon to marry Hana. Shimon also had a second wife called Penina. Penina would be called the Tzara. Okay, what happened? Shimon died. So Shimon died. Now Reuven cannot make you boom with Hana because Hana is his daughter. And therefore, just like, and that's an Irva. And therefore, just like he cannot make Yibum Halitza with Hana, he is not allowed to make Yibum Halitza with Pinina as well, who is considered the Tsaram. So that's the first case of Bito. The Megishnah gives the next case, which would be Bat Bito. Bat Bito is going to be same case, we're just going one generation down. Let's start again. We're in 2.1. The Uven and Shimon are brothers. You have uh, the Uven. He. Uh, forces himself, he's, and he has a daughter, and uh, the daughter is Miriam, okay? And then uh, Miriam has a daughter that's called Hannah, okay? So Hannah basically is Reuven's granddaughter, Me'anusato, from the girl that he was Me'anis. Okay, now what happened now? Same story, Shimon marries Hannah, no problem for uh, uh, Shimon to marry Hana, and he also has a wife called Penina. And now what happens? Shimon dies. Well, Reuven is not allowed to marry his granddaughter, which is uh, in this case um, uh, Hana. And cannot marry Hana because it's his granddaughter, Ma'anusato, and therefore cannot marry, I'm sorry, make you boom with Penina as well. So that would be the second case where there's an existing Erva which takes. Uh, they will away from the mitzvah of Yibum. And now we get to the, the third case in the Mishnah. And the third case is called Bat Beno, which is the grand, uh, granddaughter from his son. Okay, let's give the case of granddaughter from his son. Reuven and Shimon are still brothers. Rabotai were in 3.1. Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Uh, Reuven, again, forced himself with a lady. Is Again, Anusa. In this time, they have a boy. The boy is called Hanoch. Okay? Why did they pick these names? I have no idea. And Hanoch has a daughter. And the daughter is Hannah. So again, Hannah is the granddaughter of Reuven from uh, his uh, son, who is from a relationship that was Anus. Okay, fine. Now what happens? Uh, Shimon marries Hannah. There's no problem for Shimon to marry Hannah. There's Penina in the picture as well. She's the Tzara. Shimon dies. And therefore, just like Reuven is not allowed to be with Hannah, because that's his granddaughter from his son, so he's not allowed to be with Penina as well. So that's case number three. Now we move on to case number four is Bat Ishto. <clears throat> okay, now we get into the regular case of Bat, Bat Ishto, the daughter of his wife. Now, whenever it says Ishto, obviously there's Ishut over there, as opposed to the case of Anusa, where there was no Ishut. And now we're talking about Bat Ishto. So the case again is, Reuven and Shimon are married. Reuven marries Yochevet. Uh, she happens to have a, a daughter from another, uh, another husband. Okay, but you want to be literal, it's the daughter of his wife. It's not necessarily his daughter, but nonetheless, it's the daughter of his wife, and she is called Hannah. 
Again, the difference in this case over here is Yochevet, Amsaruven was actually married to Yochevet. And again, Yochevet brings in a girl called Hannah. Now, Shimon marries Hannah. No problem at all with that. There's also a Penina there, which is the Tzara. Shimon dies. Now, obviously, Reuven is not allowed to marry uh, Hannah, and therefore he cannot marry or make you boom with Penina as well. The reason why the event cannot marry uh, or make you boom with Hannah is because it's his wife's daughter. The wife's daughter is one of the Arayot. And therefore, just like Hannah is going to be Asura, so too Penina is going to be Asura as well. Now we move to 5.1. In the book, 5.1 is Bat Bena. Bat Bena will be a similar case. It's just instead of Bat, uh, uh, instead of case of uh, Bat uh, Ishto, now we're going to do Bat Bena. What's the case? The Uven and Shimon are brothers. Now Reuven married Yochevet, okay, and she has a son. She has a son already from a different uh, husband, and that's called Aharon. Okay, now Bat Bena, so her son Aharon has a daughter called Hannah. So basically this is Reuven's granddaughter from his wife. Okay, and now, what happens? Shimon's going to marry Hannah. He also has a wife called Penina. Shimon's going to die. Obviously, the Uven cannot make you boom with Hannah. It's the granddaughter of his wife. And therefore, it's an Irva. That's considered Bat Bena, right? The son, the daughter of her son. And therefore, just like she's Asura Mitam Irva, Penina is going to be Asura as well. Okay, Rabotai? We're moving right along. We get to the next case. Bat Bita. Bat Bita, we're going to read the case. It's 5 or 6.1 in the, in the picture book. Bat Bita literally means granddaughter from the daughter. Same case as before, just it's daughter to daughter. And now we have the case of Reuben and Shimona brothers. Uh, Reuben marries Yochevet. She already has a daughter from a previous marriage. Uh, that's Miriam. Miriam will have Hannah. That's the granddaughter uh, from marriage. Uh, that of his wife. So Reuven again has a granddaughter, Hannah, from his wife. And now uh, what happens? Shimon is going to marry Hannah. Shimon's going to die. Shimon also had Penina as a Sarah. Uh, Reuven is not allowed to uh, be with Hannah because it's his wife's granddaughter from the daughter. And therefore, just like he cannot be with Hannah, he's not allowed to be with Penina as well. Hamoto. Now over here they give you a complicated case of Hamoto. We'll just give you Rashi's case of Hamoto, which is his mother-in-law. Case of the mother-in-law. Uven, let's say, had a, a mother-in-law. And then uh, the mother-in-law's husband died. Okay, the mother-in-law's husband was Stamba guy. Okay, he died. And Shimon now married the mother-in-law of Reuven. No problem, Shimon's allowed to marry the mother-in-law of Reuven. And then what happened? Shimon died. Now <laughs> Reuven's mother-in-law is falling to him to Yibum. That's exactly what she says the case. And therefore, Reuven obviously is not allowed to be with his mother-in-law. That's an existing Erva. And similarly, he's not allowed to be with, let's say if there was a co-wife, Penina in that case, she's going to be forbidden as well. That's the way we learned the case of Hamoto. Ayen Rashi, that's the way he understands the case. Now, M. Hamoto. Okay, M. Hamoto is talking about the mother of his mother-in-law. Okay, and now we'll go to the case over here just to give you uh, an interesting scenario. What's the scenario over here? You have to, we're learning now 8.1 in the picture book. 8.1, the picture tells us the following. The Uven and Shimon are brothers. No problem with that. Now, you have another scenario. So we've got to get to a different family over here. Second family is you have a lady called Hannah, and her husband died. Fine. Now, she has a daughter called Yochevet, and um, she has a granddaughter called uh, Miriam. Okay, so again, you have Hannah, that her husband died. She has a daughter called Yochevet, and a, gra- a granddaughter called Miriam. And now what happens? Hannah marries one of the brothers. Hannah marries Shimon. Okay, very nice. So Hannah marries uh, Shimon, and he has a, another wife as well, which is called Penina. Fine. So he has a, a co-wife as well. Now, Miriam married Reuven. 
Miriam married Reuven. So again, Miriam uh, married Reuven means Reuven's mother-in-law is Yochebet. And the mother of his mother-in-law is Hannah. And therefore, Hannah is forbidden to Reuven. And therefore, what's going to happen? When Shimon dies, Hannah, who's the mother of his mother-in-law, is going to be forbidden. So too, Penina, which is the Tzara, is going to be forbidden as well. And now we go to the next case, 9.1, that is M. Hamiv. Uh, if the lady falling to the Yibum is the mother of his father-in-law, which is also an existing Erva. Okay, Rabotai? We start to read 9.1. Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Again, same story. You have Hannah was married, her husband died. But in this case, Hannah has a son called Shemuel, and Shemuel has a daughter called Ruth. So that's the line. Hannah, Shemuel, and Ruth. Now, Hannah is going to marry Shimon, okay? And he has another wife called Penina. And Ruth is going to marry Reuven. Ruth marrying Reuven, what's going to happen? Shimon's going to die. Hannah cannot fall to Reuven because Hannah is the mother of Reuven's father-in-law. And therefore, uh, just like Hannah, which is the mother of his father-in-law, of Reuven, is Petura, obviously, so Tupinina is going to be Petura as well. Okay, so that's the case of M. Hamiv. And now we go to the next case. We're moving right along, Rabotai. This is case number 10, Achoto Me'imo. Okay, this is talking about where it is his sister, maternal sister. Okay, not a full sister, but a maternal sister. Maternal sister is obviously an erva. Let's just give the, the case over here. You have Yaakov. Yaakov married uh, Leah. Okay, and Reuven comes from Leah. Okay, Yaakov also married uh, Ruth. And then you have uh, Yosef. So obviously the Uven and Yosef are paternal brothers. It's important to remember that because when it comes to Yibum, Yibum is only by paternal brothers. So she points that out as well. So that's why you have to always start a case where you have brothers that are paternally related. It means they share the same father. So in this case over here, the Uven and Yosef are definitely uh, subject to the laws of Yibum, again, outside of Erva situations. Now, what happened over here? Yaakov died. Okay, or divorced, doesn't matter. Ruth, okay, that's one of his wives. And uh, she subsequently got married to another, uh, another guy. And she ends up having a daughter called Hannah. Okay, well, Hannah obviously is related to uh, Yosef. Uh, that's the, uh, the brother uh, from, from Rutus. They share the same mother. Uh, now, Hannah, however, is not related to Reuven. They do not share the same father or the same mother. So therefore, there's no problem for Hannah to marry Reuven. And guess what? That's exactly what she did. Hannah then married Reuven, and of course Reuven has a second wife called Penina. And now we get to the case. Reuven dies without children. Now, Hannah obviously cannot fall to Yosef. Yosef now has to make you boom, right? Well, Hannah cannot fall because it's his maternal sister. And maternal sister is in the Erva, and therefore just like Hannah cannot fall to Yosef, Penina also cannot fall to Yosef because she's the tzara of the erva, and therefore that would be a case of achoto mei mo. And now we go to case number 11, 11.1 in the book, and it's considered achot imo. We call that today an aunt. That would be a maternal aunt, the sister of his mother, which obviously is a erva as well. And now we give the case. You have over here, we're starting with two sisters today. So you have Ruth and Hannah. Okay, they're full sisters, no problem. Now, Yaakov uh, comes along and marries uh, Ruth. 
Okay? So Yaakov marries Ruth, <coughs> and they have Yosef. Fine. And he also married Leah, and you have Reuven. So again, very important. Reuven and Yosef are paternal brothers. It's very important. Whenever we're going to make a case of Yibum, we have to always give a scenario where there's a paternal brotherhood over here. Otherwise, there's no case. Bichlal. Now, of course, they're not, they, don't, they don't share the same mother, Reuven and uh, Yosef, but they have the same father. Fine. And now what happens? Hannah, go back to the first uh, one of the sisters. <coughs> Hannah married uh, Reuven. And they had a second uh, wife called Penina. Okay, no problem so far. Now you get to the problem. Hannah died. I'm sorry. Reuven died. And as a result, uh, Hannah is going to be forbidden to Yosef. Why are they going to be forbidden to Yosef? Because Hannah is his mother's sister. And therefore, mother's sister, right? Yosef's mother was Ruth. And Hannah is uh, Ruth's sister, full sister. And therefore, just like he cannot make you boom with his mother's sister, so he cannot make you boom with the tzara, which is penina. So that is uh, obviously uh, the case. That is 11.1. Now we move on to 12.1. Okay, this is the classic case of Ahot Ishto. Actually, this is the important case because this is from where we're going to learn this whole concept that Erva is Asura to the Yabam. The source is going to be this. The Gemara actually will ask, you know, why are you putting this case at number uh, 12? You should have put this case first because this is the actual, you know, root of this whole problem. How do you know that an existing Erva does not fall to Yibum? We'll wait for the Gemara to ask that question. But nonetheless, it's his wife's sister. So again, you have Yuven and Shimon. And then you have two sisters. You have Ruth and Hannah. And Hannah married Reuben. And she had, he has a second wife. And Ruth married Shimon. Basically two brothers marrying two sisters. And what happened? Reuben died. So obviously Hannah cannot fall to, uh, 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 to, uh, to Shimon. Because it's his wife's sister. And therefore just like his wife's sister does not fault him. So too does the Tzara Penina not fault him. As well. That is the classic case. Okay, now Rabotai, we move to case number 13. 13 uh, is the case of Eshet Ahiv Me'imo. Okay? So this is talking about a paternal brother. Okay? So therefore the wife of the paternal brother. Now what's the, what's the case over here? So we have a story over here of Yaakov. And he married Leah, and from Leah he has uh, Reuven. Yaakov also married uh, Ruth, and he has Yosef. Okay, it's very important again, Abotai, we always start the case, we have paternal brothers. So I remind you, if you don't have paternal brothers, you don't have a case of Yibum uh, at all. So Reuven and Yosef share the same father. So there's a potential Yibum in this story. Now Yaakov either died or uh, he divorced his wife, Ruth, and she got married to somebody else, and she has uh, Mordechai. Okay? So therefore, uh, Mordechai uh, and Yosef are uh, sharing the same mother. In any event, what happens? Mordechai got married to Hannah, Hazak Baruch, Simantov, and he died. Well, not, not so much Simantov for Mordechai. So he died. And now we have over here, continuing the case. Hannah subsequently went and married Reuven. Okay, he's one of the brothers. Right? He married Reuven and she has also Penina. He has Penina as well. And now Reuven died without children. Now Hannah is going to be forbidden uh, to uh, Yosef. Why? Because um, Right, which means Hana uh, is a suit to Yosef because they have the same uh, well, it's the wife of the brother 
It's the wife of his maternal brother. Exactly. Yosef and Mordechai are maternal brothers, and therefore the wife of Yosef's maternal brother is going to be Asura. And just like Hana is Asura to Yosef, Penina is going to be Asura as well. All right, Abutai, we move on. Now we get to a interesting case, which the Gemara will spend a lot of time on. Uh, this is not necessarily an Erva case. This is a case of um, a Yibum case, a, a special rule when it comes to Yibum. And that rule is going to be that when the brother dies, so the wife can only fall to brothers that are alive at the time of the death of the brother. But uh, if the a brother was born after the brother died, so therefore he was not around at the time that the Yibum fell. So he's called Eshet Achiv Shelo Hayab Be'olamo. He was not in the world at the time of the death, and therefore he is not subject to the law of Yibum as well. As a matter of fact, we look at him, that if he marries his wife's, uh, his brother's sister, it's like marrying his brother's sister after she had children. Now we know there's no Yibum after you have children. Now that, that's what we look at, which is considered totally asud, asura mena Torah. That's the way that she goes and tells us. That if he's going to marry and make Yibum, since he was not in the world, there's no Yibum over here. There's no mitzvah bechlal, it's abira. Okay, now let's give the case. You have two brothers. You have Reuven and uh, Shimon. Okay, paternal brothers, very nice. Reuven married Hannah, no problem. He died without children. And right after he died, Levi was born. So Levi is the brother He was not around when uh, Reuven died. Now Shimon, who was around, no problem, made Yibum to Hannah. Now he has another wife called Penina. Now Shimon died without children. Now hold it. Hannah was always forbidden to Levi because Hannah cannot fall to Levi because when Hannah's husband died, Levi was not born. So there's an automatic isur olam between Hannah and Levi, which is the eshet achif shelo hayab be'olam, he was not around. So therefore, just like Levi cannot go with Hannah, he cannot go with Penina either. Penina now also is going to be a uh, tzara. And therefore, that's the case of eshet achif shelo hayab Now we get to case number 15, which is the case of Kalato. Kalato is his daughter-in-law. Now, what's the case of daughter-in-law? So here we go. We have two brothers. You have Reuven and Shimon. Fine. Reuven marries a lady, Bissimantov, and they have a son. They have a son called Hanoch. Okay. Now, Hanoch gets married to Hannah. Okay. And what happens? Hanoch dies. So now, Hannah, Hannah now goes along and marries Shimon. Okay, there's no problem. There's no, no problem for uh, uh, Hannah to marry Shimon. And he also has another, another wife called Penina. And now what happens? Shimon dies without children. Now, Hannah is actually the daughter-in-law of Reuven. Okay, if you remember the case. You have over here the Uven's son was Hanoch, and his daughter-in-law was Hannah. So therefore, when Hanoch died, Shimon ended up marrying Hannah. Shimon married his brother's daughter-in-law. Big deal. It's okay. Shimon married his brother's daughter-in-law. Problem is, when Shimon died, his daughter-in-law is falling to him. Cannot fault him. She's Kala. Kalatos Asura. And it was just like, she's Asura, so too the Tzara is also going to be Asura. And therefore... That's based on the Pasuk, Ervat Kalatecha, Lo Tegale. So again, we're just going to read the Mishnah now flowingly inside. Hamesh Esren Nashim Potrot Sarotehem, Betsarot Sarotehem, Mena Chalitza, Umena Yibum, Atsop Aulam, Beluhen, Bito, Ubat Bito, Ubat Beno, Bat Ishto, Ubat Bena, Ubat Bita, Hamoto, Beem Hamoto, now the Mishnah says, 
like we learned, the, the case of the Tzara was Pinina, right? Pinina is going to be Asura in all these cases. And now we introduce a new case. Vetsarot Tzarotehem. Now what is Tzarot Tzarotehem? So if you look in your, in your charts, no, we don't have a chart. Tzarot uh, Tzarotehem, which means if now, let's say, Pinina goes and falls to Yibum to somebody else, so therefore, that Sada now is going to be Asura. Which means Penina now, let's say, one of the other brothers, let's say, goes with Penina. And now that brother had a co-wife. That co-wife also is going to be Asura to the original one that had the issue with the Erva. And it keeps on going. Ad Olam. If you look at the, um, the Mishnah, the Mishnah comes along and says, uh, it's Poter them, uh, now, we give a case over here. Let's say we get the erva out of the way somehow. Before the brother dies. It's out of the way. Now, how, we, how, how can we get the uh, erva out of the way? Well, a few ways. She could die. Okay, she could get divorced. Uh, she can uh, be subject to a rabbinical divorce that's called uh, mi'un, that she's out of the way, or the marriage could be shown to be not a marriage in the first place because she's an ailonit. And therefore, the marriage of an ailonit, which is a girl that doesn't produce signs, so therefore the marriage doesn't even start with. And we'll go through each one of these cases. Point is, if she gets out of the way before Yiboom hits, now the brother can make Yibum with the Tzara. The Tzara was only Asura because the Erva was in the way. But if the Erva gets out of the way before the Mitzvah begins, we don't say, well, since you were married to an Erva, no, we don't say that. We just say at the time of the Yibum, is she there? She's not there. How did she disappear? I don't care how she disappeared. Through a get, through death, through Mi'un, through Ailonitzar, all those cases will render the Tzara now viable to the, uh, to the brother. Now, the Mishnah, uh, you just want to see some of these cases, although they're, I think they're self-explanatory. You give, we'll give the case of, um, actually the Mishnah is going to give the case. So let's, let's, let's just continue reading the Botai. Um, Ketzat, potrot sarotehem. Give us the case. Give me a case where uh, they will poter the tzara. I'm sorry. Well, obviously, an Ailonit is a lady, a girl that cannot produce children. Now, not all these cases are going to be subject to Ailonit because obviously, mother in law, she had children. She had to become a mother in law. Obviously, she's a mother in law because she had a daughter. Or Em Hamoto, she had the mother in law as, as a child. So therefore, not all these cases of Ailonit will apply to all the examples that we gave. Fine. Then whenever there's a child involved, that the girl, the mother had a child, so you have to learn that it was broken through the other methods. Either she died, or there was a get, or so on and so forth. Now obviously there was no mi'un either, because mi'un, as we're going to learn, could only be by a ketana. And she's a mother-in-law already, and she's obviously a gedola. The point is, we will... Uh, 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 not apply the Adlonit case only to the examples that it, a, it is subject to. Now the Mishnah will explain. Now the Gemara is going to speak it out, which we spoke out already. How does the Erva poter the Tzara? Give the case of a, a daughter. The daughter was married to the brother. She has another, another wife. Umet, and then the brother died. Keshem shibito petura. Obviously, Reuven cannot marry his daughter. Even if it's his daughter, Me'anusato, that's Asura Menatora. Kak sadata petura. Beautiful. Sadata is also going to be Asura. Halchat sadat bito. Now this is the case of sadat sadotehim. Let's say Penina went. Which is only one brother can make you boom over here. So the brother that's the Erva situation, he's off the table. But the other brother can make Yibum. One of the brothers has to make Yibum, not more than one. So let's say the other brother made Yibum. He has no problem. He married the Tzara. And now what happened? 
השני, ולא אישה אחרת. And he has another wife as well. הוא מת, and now that brother died. כשם שצרת ביתו פטורה, just like פנינה, who was צרת ביתו, who was the co-wife of his daughter, is אסורתם, כך צרת צרתה פטורה, so to צרת צרתה, which means now the co-wife of the co-wife of his daughter is going to be אסורה, אפילו הן מאה, even if it's a hundred. It keeps on going on, which means now that brother died. And the tzara fell to the other brother. And he had a wife. And that's considered tzara, 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 tzara. It keeps on going forever. Uh, because where it started from was asura. Ketzad. Imetu tzarotehem. Mutarot. Now give the case of metu. Now we're giving a new case. Remember we said in the Mishnah, if let's say um, metu, if one of the, if the erva died, metu means the erva died, the tzara becomes permissible. What's the case? Ketzad im metu, kama, tzarotehem mutarot, the tzarot will become permissible. Simple. Hayta bito, o achat mikola alayota elu, nisuot lahiv. Fine. His daughter was married to his brother. Shimon is married to Reuven's daughter. Vedo isha acheret. Shimon also has penina as well. Meta bito. Okay. Now the daughter died. So she's off the chart. On it got a shah. Or she got divorced. Ve'hargach met achiv. Now Shimon died. Good. So the co-wife can fall to the uven. Because the daughter, the erva, is not there anymore. Tzarata muteret. The tzara is definitely muteret. Ve'chola yechola lema'en ve'lo mi'ana. Interesting case, and we'll discuss this, we'll see this through the eyes of Rashi, that any case where mi'un is an option, but although the mi'un was not done, doesn't matter. Mi'un just shows us that this is a rabbinical marriage over here. Because if mi'un is viable, that means <laughs> the marriage is on a rabbinical level, if she can still get out of it by a mi'un. So the law is going to be that although, obviously, he cannot go with the erva. But he has to make halitza, the Mishnah says, on the tzarata. So, v'chulan. Okay, now let's read the Rashi, Rabotai. And we'll get some, some beautiful cases over here. Let's read the Rashi. It's a big Rashi. V'chulan shemetu. Yeah, let's do v'chulan shemetu. His daughter died, which is the Irva, before his brother died. Oh, Mi'ana. Okay, now, Now, wait. How do you have Mi'un Bibito? He is able to marry his daughter. If he marries his daughter when she's a Kitana, there's no Mi'un on that. You need a regular divorce for that. The Torah allows the father. To marry off his daughter. So therefore, if Uven married off his daughter to Shimon or to somebody, so what's the case of, uh, of Mi'un? There's no Mi'un in that case. He's alive, the, the, the father. But as she says, right, That's the case of Mi'un. Yetoma, where the brother or the mother marries her off. Good. Reuven married her off to a regular guy first. Oh, and there was a divorce. Now, once already she gets divorced, the father loses his rights. He does not have rights to marry anymore, but she's still a ketana. So she's still subject to mi'un. Now the father lost his rights. Once he married her off once, and she got divorced. And she married Shimon. Now, she goes out mi'un. And therefore, if there was a mi'un, so therefore the law is going to be, she's out of the picture. The Uven can now make yibum on the tzara because the erva is not there. So she's just giving you a scenario uh, in that case over there. Now let's look at the um, Rashi, the Bura Matil.
Yes, look at the last Rashi in the Mishnah. V'chol ha'yecholat lema'en. The last case in the Mishnah said what? That any marriage that is subject to mi'un, so therefore, the law is that although the brother cannot make yibum with the erva, but he can make, he must make, he can make halitza with the tzara. What's the case? Kegon. Sha'erva ketana. Good. His daughter is a ketana. She can make mi'un, but velo mi'ana. But she didn't make mi'un. So she's still married. Umet ehab ho'id v'kiddushia ena elamed rabbanan. That's the rule. Since, again, the rule is if she can make mi'un, that means her marriage is only midrabanan. And therefore, vizikat nefilata midrabanan ena poteret sarata ma'aitza, which means she is going to fall to her, her father. <laughs> but th- that falling is only going to be on a rabbinical level. Minat Torah, she doesn't fall to her father. Because Minat Torah, she's really not married. So therefore, since Minat Torah, she's really not married, so therefore, it's not going to make the tzara totally off the, off the chart, or, or, off the table. Therefore, the uven will make halitza with the, uh, with the tzara. Because again, Minat Torah, that marriage is really not a marriage, right? So, so therefore, if that's the case, you'll ask, make your boom then. Let it make your boom. Okay, that's the Gemara's question, by the way. The Gemara's saying, if you're letting them make halitza, obviously because you hold that the marriage wasn't a marriage, go even further. Let them make your boom. Stay tuned. The Gemara will ask that exact question. And now let's begin the botai with the Gemara. The Gemara starts off with a technical question. No more cases for a second. Mehdi. How do you know this rule? I mean, this Mishnah is really premised on the rule that says that if there's an existing erva on this uh, uh, on this uh, girl, you know, the the, 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 the the brother's wife, if there's an existing erva, she does not fall to your boom to that brother that has the erva. Who told you that? How do you know that? Maybe just like the Torah allowed brother's wife, which is normally forbidden. Maybe the Torah says, brother's wife will, will, will knock off daughter, will knock off mother-in-law, will knock off daughter-in-law, which means maybe we wipe them all off. Maybe Yibum overrides all these arayot. How do you know? So the Gemara is going to learn it from Achot Ishto. That's going to be the source pasuk. So if that's the source pasuk, Achot Isha, which means from there we're going to learn, person not allowed to marry his wife's sister, even where she falls to Yibum, from there we're going to say, just like she's Asura, all the other Arayot are also Asura. So the Gemara is saying, that should be the first case in the Mishnah. When you're listing the 15 cases, start with the source Pasuk, which is Achot Isha, because from there we learn everything else. So why don't you start with that? The Gemara says, we could have, but we had a different consideration. The Gemara Good. The Gemara said, maybe we're following a different system. We're following the stringency of the Arayot. We're going in order of stringency. And therefore, the Mishnah started with the most stringent, and then you know, the less stringent, and then the, the least stringent. Now, certain Arayot are punishable by Karet, Without mitat betin, just karet. Certain are punishable by sikila, and certain are punishable by serefa. Now, there's a separate argument throughout Shas, which is a bigger punishment, sikila or serefa? Fine, that's a standing ma'loket. Let's assume that Amishnah is following the Bishamon, and he holds serefa is actually greater than sikila. So then we can understand the order of Amishnah. The Mishnah is following the following. What, what was the order of the Mishnah? Bito, bat bito, bat beno, bat ishto, bat bena, bat bita, hamoto, em hamoto, em habib. Those are all punished by serefa. And that's where those cases were written first. Because those are the most severe according to the Bishamon. Punishable by serefa. And then, following that, you have the other arayot, which is achoto me'imo, achot imo, achot ishto, eshet achiv me'imo, eshet achiv shalaya bo'olamo, that's chayuv karet. But there's no chayuv bedin. So therefore, the Mishnah is following just the order of severity. 
starts with the serifa cases, and then just gives me the karet cases where there's no punishment of bedin. So that's not going to work. That formula is not going to work. litni hamoto beresha. I have no problem. You want to tell me the serifa cases first? Then you have to tell me the root, how we know serifa by arayot. The root pasuk is by the mother-in-law. That's where it says it clearly. Why? So if you wanted to tell me we're giving the serifa cases first, no problem. But you should give me hamoto first also then. In the list, why just you start off with bito? Although bito is serifa, but it's not the origin where we know the law. The origin is from Hamoto. The odd, another question. Batar Hamoto Litni Kalato. Wait. Right after Hamato, which is Serefa, the next level should be Dorono, which is punishable by Sikila. Why'd you put Dorono at the end? If you're going in order of severity, you want to start off with Serefa. No problem. But what did you jump and put Kalato at the end? She's Serefa. I'm sorry, she's Sikila. She should be right after Hamoto. Serifa is more stringent according to Bishamon. And then Seki, La. So basically the Gemara's question is, we don't know the, 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 um, the formula of why our Mishnah discussed Bito first. What did you put Bito first? Either you put Hamoto first because it's Serifa. And um, then Kalata really should be following that. So we don't even know what, what, what order is the Mishnah following. Yabra says something beautiful. We have a rule. Something that's not written explicitly in the Torah that needs the rabbis to come along and be doresh, that's considered habibah, it's considered endearing to the Tanah. You know, something that the rabbis have to, to work out, to figure out, the chidush that the Torah is coming to include, even though it's not written explicitly. So therefore, I guess since it, had, since it came through Tirha, and the, the, we know that anything that comes through you know, like the Mishnah says, that's the real toiling of Torah. So it's Habiba for the Tanab, the Mishnah, to write Bito. Which case of Bito? Me'anusato. Because nowhere in the Torah does it say Bito Me'anusato is actually Asura. We're going to learn it from a regular case of Bito, where over there by Bito it's going to say natural daughter, meaning from a marriage, that she's forbidden and the granddaughter is forbidden. And it's going to say the word henna by that case. And we're going to know by anusato, it's only going to talk about the granddaughter. But it's not going to mention the daughter of anusato. But we're going to say henna, henna. That just like it says the word henna by daughter and granddaughter. And we know it's both daughter and granddaughter from marriage. So to anusa is also not only talking about granddaughter, which Torah says explicitly, but it's also talking about Daughter, and how you know the punishment? We'll know that from another dirashah that's called zima zima. Let's just read the next line of the Gemara. The Gemara says, "Wait, I don't understand what you're talking about. You tell me you like things of dirashah. All these arayot come from the dirashah of achot ishto, which means how do we know that these fifteen arayot are forbidden in Yibum from a dirashah? By the way." A derasha that we didn't learn yet, but it's a derasha of achotishto. So therefore, if the Tana loves to put things that would derive from a derasha first, so put the derasha first, put, 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 put achotisha first again, because that was also from a derasha. It's not written explicitly. Yabra says, Nihi delen yibum atyan bederasha ikar isura behediaketim behu. Which means, it's true. <coughs> For yibum, it's a hedush. All the arayot are written explicitly. The chedush of yibum is that these arayot are not going to fall to yibum. Good, that's a derasha. But bitoma anusato, which is an actual erva, that itself is not written explicitly. Which means it's a bigger chedush. The other arayot are written. It's just that you want to tell me now a new chedush of a derasha that they don't fall to yibum. That's a derasha. It's beautiful. But this is a bigger derasha. This is telling me that it's an erva in the first place. How do I know, how do I know anusato is an erva in the first place? The other one, it's written. I don't need, I don't need a dirashah to tell me that there's isur edva. I need a dirashah v'achot isha to tell me, and this edva is not subject to yibum. Beautiful. But this is one step further. Bitom arusato is a dirashah to tell me how do we know at all it's an edva in the first place. That's why it's habibah. That's what the Gabbara says. Ikar isura me dirashah. Amar li rab Yitzhak bar 
Adimi, Atya Henna Henna, Atya Zima Zima. We've seen that many times. That the Rashab Henna Henna, as I explained, and I will read the Rashi in a minute. And Zima Zima is to come and tell me the uh, the punishment. Let's just read the Rashi. Atya Henna Henna, the Isuna. Atya Zima Zima le Srefa. So Henna Henna comes to touch me the Isun, and Zima Zima comes to teach me the punishment. Why? The bito me ishto vechen bat bito ubat beno yalfa me ervat isha ubita lo dekale. Vare bito me ishto bechlal bat ishto, which means we know already daughter for marriage and granddaughter for marriage on pesukim. That no chedush. That's written explicitly. Avad bito me anusato lo mishtamaap. We don't know anusato. Why? Dechtiv ervat isha. Ervat isha means there was a marriage there. So obviously it's not talking about anusato. If the erva of isha is referring to when there was a marriage, velashon ishut, da'yedek kedushin maswa, vegadi rahmana, bebat bito ubat beno me'anusato me'haykera. Which means we only know granddaughter of anusato, but we don't know daughter me'anusato. And how do you know it? Ervat, bat bincha o bat pitcha, ve'hakan lashon ishut lo ketiv. Ervat bat bincha. There's no issue over this. Therefore, it's talking about Anusato. And therefore, that's only the granddaughter. So therefore, how do you know daughter? That's Henna Henna. The Akati Bitolo Ketiva. Akavia Filam because it's Shaba. Ketiva Akabekra. The Anusa. Ki Advateha. Henna. Ukti Bekra. Harina. The Ishut. Sha'ara. Henna. And just like by Ishut, it's daughter and granddaughter. By Anusa, it's daughter, which was the ex, which is the unknown. And granddaughter, which we know already, is written explicitly. Now, what do we know? What do we need zima zima for? Atya zima zima lesrefa kediva kabibito meshto zimahi. And we know the punishment is serefa. I'm sorry, it says by serefa zimahi. So therefore, that's how you learn the punishment for all these cases is serefa. Okay, Rabotai, stop over here.